You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another new venture for McPherson Media Group, the After the Jack Bowls podcast. Now, I've uh, got a, a very socially distanced studio here with me. Uh, to my right, Brian Nisbet. Brian, welcome to, uh, to the show. Thanks very much, Tyler. I appreciate that. Now, uh, next to you and, and off the mic is uh, Dave Hardy. Uh, Dave, w- welcome to the studio. Sorry it's uh, you know, keeping you away from your election uh, mutterings. Yeah, the uh, federal election in America is going well. Thanks, Tyler. Welcome to the show. And uh, Ash Williamson. Ash, it's good to see you back uh, in the studio. It's uh, It's been a while. How's uh, how's everything been going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me. It's uh, a pleasure to be a part of uh, a podcast involving GV Bowls. And uh, Mitch Sidebottom, Tally Garupna, recruit and all-round great bloke. Uh, it's good to have you in here too. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Good to be here. All right, Brian, I might uh, leave it with you to kick off. Uh, what, uh, what are we up to? It's a uh, weekend pennant this weekend, mate. We're, uh, we're almost there. Yes, uh, we're into the first round. Uh, it's been postponed for about a month, but we're finally um, getting a start, whereas our, our fellow bowlers in the metro, metro area got to wait another month, I believe. I think it's December in the dash when they kick off. Yeah, just a little bit longer with the restrictions, obviously, down in Melbourne. So they'll be champing at the bit as well. And I'd like to kick the show off with uh, congratulations to our esteemed Secretary of uh, the Golden Valley Bowls, Joy O'Donnell, and of the... Um, I think she, I don't think she's a regional one this year, is she? No, but she has certainly been in the past. Yeah, she was of the, the Golden Murray Central region. And Maury Rowlands from East Shep, who's a former president of the Goulburn Valley. Um, I think he might have been president of the Murray as well. And certainly been on that many committees and throughout the Goulburn Valley and at his own club, East Shepparton. They've both been recognised as, for the work they've done, as life members of the Goulburn Valley. And I'd like to congratulate them both. And I'm sure all the boys here will echo those sentiments. Yeah, certainly their tireless administrative work for the for the region and for the Golden Valley Bowls Association. You can't really function as a competition without the tireless work of those sorts of volunteers, Murray and Joy, um, in their various roles and it's uh, recognition uh, probably long overdue and well deserved. Certainly, Ash, yeah. I um, agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, now, our special guest today, uh, Mitch Sidebottom from... Tally Garupna, he's probably the biggest signing in the Goulburn Valley, you'd have to say that, Dave, wouldn't you, since um, inception? Bar none, bar none, a Victorian Open winner and uh, a marvellous chap at that. Biggest signing, I thought you're not talking about his height or? No, no, not his height. He does stand out on the green now, he's about, how tall are you, Mitch? Six foot six. Six foot six. Got on my own there at Tally with Rhino and Yanni as well, so... Be the tallest uh, Division One skippers I've ever seen in the Ro- one lineup. Robbo's like a dwarf out there next to <laughs> us, sorry. Yeah, he will be. He'll stand out on his own. Almost better off uh, behind the greens in the cricket nets there, I reckon. It'd be a, a handy B-grade side uh, if you rolled out on Tally Rec Reserve. <laughs> yeah, 
definitely. I reckon they'd get a bit of bouts out of the track out there, wouldn't they? Um, Mitch, affectionately known as Moo, great to see you back in the GV and with your original club, Tally. Yeah, that's um, fantastic to be back. Um, really looking forward to the season coming up. Uh, obviously, the last four years I've been playing at South Bendigo um, after living over there and uh, just travelled back over the last couple of years, got to play with my best mates and thought it was time for a change and we're better than, than to go than back home. Yeah, so, sorry, Brian. It was something obviously you already uh, always had ambitions to do having started your career there. Um, why was the time right now? Obviously, you had the, the premiership high last year at South Bendigo. Um, the season before, you fell just short in the grand final. So why was the timing right now? Yeah, definitely. As you um, mentioned there, uh, I wanted... Yeah, we had a bit of unfi- unfinished business at South. Um, we went there... Um, Dutchy Brad Holland took over the coaching four years ago and recruited a few boys and they South Bendigo finished last the year before and yeah slowly well we made finals every season but finally got it done last year and I guess the travel ends up taking its toll a little bit and um, yeah I think um, along with Tally getting in Division One which was a fantastic effort um, I thought the time was right to head back. Yeah, and how long did you commute to Benigo for? Only a couple of years, was it? Four years over there. Yeah, I've, I've got here three or four years. Yeah, I thought it was more than two. Yep. Um, I think it'll be a fairly um, easy transition to play now where you live, obviously. Yeah, it should be, yep. Um, obviously living in Kyala, so um, it'll be good. If I have to stay there after a night on the source, I can go to the folks' place, which is always handy. <laughs> can you can you tell us a little bit about the um, comparison between the competitions? Obviously, playing in Bendigo, um, Lee Schrainer was a big draw card for the competition and for Bendigo East as their coach, and um, no doubt you would have enjoyed testing yourself against a player of his calibre. Coming back to the GV, GV now, um, obviously Shep Golf's the benchmark there. Um, how do they sort of compare, and is, was that one of the big reasons with Tally obviously going into Division 1 and being able to test themselves to come back now? Uh, yeah, definitely. Bendigo has been a fantastic even league for, for so long now. Um, and playing at South, you just turned up knowing you were going to get a contest each week. There's probably, you know, 25 shots between the best side and the worst side. So anyone on their day could could upset you. Whereas Shep Golf have had a bit of a stranglehold on the league. And, you know, if they rock up and perform, they were winning by 40, 50 shots and... I think um, the thing that excites me about this year is that clubs have actually put in a lot of time and effort to try and recruit and bridge that gap, um, close that gap on Shep Golf. And, um, yeah, hopefully uh, we won't be too far off. I don't think you will be. Uh, Benny goes bowls division is recognised as probably the best bowls outside Melbourne. Well, in my opinion, I believe it is. Uh, I think it's better than the Geelong and Ballarat Premier League. How did you rate the stamina of the competition, even though Ashley touched on it with his question? Yeah, um, yeah very good standard. Um, I'm not sure if there'd be too much difference. Probably, as I said, a little bit more of, a, of an even spread of, of good players um, over the over the GV, um, but that obviously might change this year. Um, yeah, very good competition. 
as Ash mentioned before, with Lee Trainer, um, who won the world champion of champions. Um, so, yeah, say no more. And um, obviously yourself going back to Tally's um, been, been much publicised as one of the bigger recruits. I noticed as well um, in your Division 1 side this week, Kyle Pugh and Brian Hogg, have they come from Benalla? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. So what sort of, um, how will they add to Tally's mix in Division 1 this year as well? Um, yeah, well, obviously I haven't bowled with them yet. Um, the f- practice game against East Shep on the weekend was the first time um, and I sort of didn't really glance over. I was concentrating on my own rink, but um, they'll add some much-needed depth, I think. Um, like You look at Shep Golf and they've got players in the twos that are, you know, would be in Div 1 in a lot of other teams and, and that's what we need to get happening at Tally. Yeah. A great comeback to win the Bendigo Division 1 flag, which was televised. Um, I happened to watch a, a most of the game. Uh, what was the score? I meant to get the score down here. What was it? At Smoke, are you about 25 shots down or 21? Um, 18, I think it was. 18 down. Um, yeah, it might have got out to 25 at, at one stage. Um, I think it was 18. Say 23 to 41 or something like that. They were 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. And um, <clears throat> it's sort of, I don't know, once we got going, the crowd got into it and all the neutrals were, were supporting us um, and the underdogs, I guess, and it really got us going. And, yeah, we played some awesome bowls after the break and managed to get over the top by about nine shots. And you played third? Yep. Yep, so I skipped most of the year. Yes. And yep. then um first final came around and I I had a had a wedding to go to. Um yeah, the missus grabbed me by the proverbials and, oh, and said, no. You better come with me, we're going to this wedding. So What wasn't your wedding, was it, Mitch? Or? Uh, it wasn't mine, no, that's a that's a while away yet. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was um Gary Downey, who was playing third to Dutchy, um he he was bowling quite well and, and just loves the challenge of being skipped. So he filled in and took my spot and um, he absolutely smashed it that day and I just I, I agreed to come back in as a third to strengthen up another rink and it, it worked in our favour in the end. Yeah, it certainly did um, because you beat a pretty formidable... They'd be virtually the, nearly the Shep Golf <laughs> over in the Benico comp, wouldn't they, equivalent? They haven't won four in a row, but these Shep have been... I think they won the previous two, didn't they? Uh, they won the previous one, which was the first year. That or two out of three. Or two yep. out of three, uh, yeah. I think. Yep, yep. But it's sort of, they've been the benchmark for a few yeah, years. Yeah. Um, then sort of Eaglehawk after that. And, yeah. it, and it, was, it was a fairly significant premiership for South Bendigo as well because it was, was 30-odd years since they'd won one. It was the early 90s or something I like that. I reckon it was 94, so and 20, what's that? 26, 26 years. 25 years, And was years, there yeah. one player that had played in the previous one, in that in your premiership side last year who played in the last one? Uh, good question. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Frank Byrne played in the last one. Yeah. Because um, I know, I'm pretty sure he was at South um, a while ago and then he, he went to Eaglehawk and then came back, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so, so in many ways, is there some parallels between, obviously, South Benigo were in the wilderness for a while and they worked their way back up and you're able to help them reach the promised land with the premiership last year to tally coming into the GV 
um, starting in Division 3 and they're now back into Division 1. Is that motivation really there for you, obviously going back there and the group that's sort of built over the last couple of years? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yep. uh, definitely. Um, they're building something really special at Tally and um, even though I wasn't a part of getting them up into Div 1, um, I was absolutely wrapped when I, when I heard that they had won the grand final and, um, yeah, I sort of I didn't really think about bowls too much um but then I sort of the travel factor got in and a few good mates left left South Bendigo as well and yeah so that's why I um it all fell into place to head back to Tally in the end. Mitch um you like our carpet don't you you like our carpet I've spent many hours bowling with you on our carpet trying to twist your arm to come to (laughs) Ship Park have I not? You have, indeed, yeah. It's a very good carpet to bowl on and it's only a few kilometres from my place, so... And it's a Vic Open winning carpet for you too. It is, yes. Do you prefer carpet or grass? And in Bendigo, how much carpet is there? Um, Bendigo, there's there's not uh, not many. I think um, Bendigo East, I bowled over there in the triples final yeah. and it, they were taking the top carpet green out and going back to grass. Yeah, Bendigo East have three grass now. So, yeah, um, yeah honestly, there's not many. There's Castlemaine and oh, that's I think that's it in Div 1, actually. Just Castlemaine have synthetic and the rest is grass and, yeah, very good greens over in Bendigo generally. What do you prefer? Um, I prefer a good grass green, yep. but I'm not – If it, as long as it's true, yep. I'm happy with either. Yep. Obviously, that connection with Robbo as well through the – the Vic Open triples is um, good to be back bowling with him. But uh, whose idea was it to get up on the cow for the for the photo? Because that's one of the best photos in our system, I think, that we uh, will certainly wheel out a few times this year. Well, you would think it was Moo's idea, wouldn't you? But it, it actually wasn't. Um, whoever took the photo, they just said, get up on the cow and, and smile. So we did. Um, so, yeah, getting back to yeah the, the grass carpet comparison, um, obviously you'd be quite familiar with Tally's grass. How's, how's the conditions out there ahead of um, their move back to Div 1, um, you know, and compared to some of the other Div 1 grass greens that you'll play on throughout this year? Uh, yeah, so I've only uh, bowled out there maybe six or seven times um, mm. this year and I've been very impressed so far. Yep. First time I went out there with Robbo, um, the, like last year the green was a little bit patchy at times. Uh, I only went out there a couple of times, but um, beautiful spread of grass and, and they've got it running pretty well. So, um, yeah, I think people, teams will be impressed that travel there. And um, obviously with, with Tally's mix now going into Division 1, they're, they're pretty jam-packed at the top end with obviously yourself, Robbo, Mark Ryan, Brett Gunning, um, you know, Mick Hanna, those sort of Joey Leah, those types. Um, what's the challenge in sort of t- in trying to find the right combinations and making sure that, I mean, you can only have four skippers and four thirds and, and making sure <coughs> everyone fits in the right spot for it to all come together properly? Yep. Um, oh, it's definitely a challenge. And the first thing is people have to be happy to, uh, I guess, not, I was going to say take a back seat, but you're still well and truly involved in the game. You're just not bowling last, you know. Yep. And I think Shep Golf have been a, a perfect example of that over the years. They've got players playing second who have skipped in the past and, and they're happy to go down and play two 
um, for the team's benefit. So um, I guess, yeah, the next thing is just trying to find that mix and who, who people are comfortable playing with. Yep. So do you know who the four skips will be this weekend in round one? Uh, I have no idea. Um, but in the practice game, it was um, Rhino, Robbo, myself and Gunny. Um, so well, yep. I imagine that's what they'll go with, but I'm not sure. No, they're on the website. Rhino's not playing. Okay. Joey well, Lee is skipping. It won't be him then. No. <laughs> it is on the <laughs> Golden yeah. Valley Bowls Division website. They have loaded the team on. Yeah, yeah. okay, yep. Yeah. Always subject to change, but that's what it's up at the moment. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hilltops wasn't up there. That's who you're um, playing. Their team wasn't wasn't up there, but I believe the two Boyds are skipping, and and then you'll have Cartwright and... Jo- Johnny Atwood, maybe? No. Lee Farrell. No, 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 he's not skipping. Lee Farrell, no. Your mate, our mate, the the highway patrol man, oh, Gary, Gary Russell. Russell. Yep. So what are you expecting from Tat Hilltop this year, Mitch? Obviously a bit of a different mix as well. They've merged two clubs together to try and pull their resources, which um, looks like is going to be a big benefit to them and their Division 1 prospects for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess they're in a bit of a similar boat to us um, in that we, I don't know, we're probably expecting to do well, but we don't know how well. As in there's, we've got four ends potentially more in Division 1, and, and they've got, I don't know, six or seven. Um, but they'll be strengthened right up, obviously, with the combination of the two clubs, and that'll even work down into the lower divisions. They'll be extremely hard to beat. Yeah, well, no doubt Chip Golf in Division 1 will be the measuring stick again, as you touched on before. Um, Moo, uh, they're going for five flags on the trot, a phenomenal performance. But... Um, just in the get our predictions now. The my top four. Sorry, Brian. Before you go into your top four, you you're selling them one short. There, they're going for number six this year. Six five flags. in a row. Is it? They've already had five, five in a row. Oh yep. my! You lose count. There's so many, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I honestly did. Yeah. It's all right. We'll give you a moment to uh, to to take your thoughts and, and, just, and start just, again. Just in those five in a row, I've got a list there of eleven players that have played in a premiership from Ship Park. So uh, they've uh, canvassed well from Shep Park. Or he's been a, a brilliant deliverer of peoples from other clubs. We'll, uh, we'll let Thanks you Thanks for on that, that, Dave. That's very useful information. And we'll, we'll throw to our, uh, our major sponsor, the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fryer Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821 one double five six. All right, Brian. We'll we'll go again. They're heading for six, and who have they brought in? They brought in the two Truans from East Shepparton, Connor and Macca, both playing third in their first uh, team, first uh, match, which will be against Yaroa. Now, my um, before we do a preview, well, I think we'll go through and rank our my final four in the ones will be. I'm going for Tally on top, Shep Golf, uh, Shep Park and East Shepparton. I don't think Hilltop will make it. Oh, I think they're going to take too long to try and mix their players from Tatura. There'll be a few players that their nose out of joint. They reckon they probably should be in the, the best side and they've got, a, they've got a gel together. 
and they've always been underachievers, but perhaps they haven't been as good. And I think as what people, uh, they've been favoured to make the finals for about five or six years, but I think Shep Park and East Shepparton will be more consistent and I can't see them making the finals. That's a big call, but it's my call. Uh, well, um, for my ladder, well, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. Brian, have you ever heard of the wrestler Ric Flair? No. Well, he used to say, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. So while Shep Golf has got the title, I think someone's got to knock them off. So I still think they're the team to beat. Tally second, Hilltop third. I've got East Shepherd and fourth. And I've, I've actually got two of last year's top three missing out. That Obviously, Shep Park, the grand finalist last year, and Stanhope made the preliminary final. Um, I've actually got them in the bottom four with Yeroa and who's the other side I've missed out? Stanhope. Stan yeah. yeah, so Stanhope, Shep Park, Kyabram, and um, Yeroa at the bottom there, um, which is interesting, but I just think there's a few sides that have gone ahead with their recruiting. Obviously, Shep Golf's got a bit stronger. Um, Shep, East Shep with their new coach, Tally, obviously, and Hilltop and Tatura merging, I think pulling their resources together will get, be enough to get them into the four. Yep. Um, I think I agree with your assessment there, Ash. Um, Shep Golf are definitely the team to beat. Um, obviously, they're the ones that have proven themselves, whereas... Us and Tat, I suppose you'd call it the contenders potentially, but uh, we don't really know what to expect being first year in Div 1, so I guess we'll find out as, as the season progresses. Yeah, I've got golf on top as well from Tally Garupna. Uh, Tatura Hilltop, I've got third. I understand what you're saying in terms of it, it might take a while to gel, but, but the amount of ins anyway, uh, I, think, uh, I think they're just going to be really hard to beat. Uh, and I've got Kyabram fourth, actually. Uh, I'd like... I like the look of what they've brought in. I like the look of what Dane Gade has already done at the club. He's refreshed the uniform, and I know that doesn't mean a lot on the gra- on the on the green, but I like the uh, I like the cut of his jib, and I think they'll make finals. They've also picked up a few from Tongala as well, which we'll touch on uh, later in the program. Uh, from East Shep, Stanhope, Shep Park, and Yeroa, uh, my ladder. <laughs> I've uh, I've gone virtually with you. I've gone uh, Shep Golf on top, Tally second, and I put Hilltop third, and I put Shep Park fourth. Uh, it was a toss up with Shep Park or Kyabram. Kyabram, as you say, the gate has has done well there. Um, I don't believe Stanhope will finish on the bottom. I believe that Uriah might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, it's an interesting one because um, obviously a new coach at Kyabram and East Shep um, can sort of bring a, bring a bit, and Hilltop as well with Lee Farrell coming back, it can bring some more enthusiasm, but whether they can find the right combination straight away in a 14-round season, if you're, if you're spending three or four weeks to try and find that, you can sort of be chasing tail a lot early. So um, it'll be interesting to see those first few rounds, the first month of the season, how everyone settles. So you haven't considered East Shepherd and Dave? I had them as fifth. Uh, they've lost the Franz. They've lost the two Truans. They've lost uh, Scotty Scotty Adams. They've lost. Uh, I think there might be another couple, but uh, they've only had a. They've. I don't know how much the coach is bringing from Machuca. Whether he's bringing players with him, I heard there was two coming, but then one pulled out. So, um, 
an unknown quantity I've gone for them as fifth. Eshep's an interesting one for mine because I think losing the Truans um, might actually help Eshepinen, not hurt them, and that him going to Shep Golf it actually makes them better. So I think it's a win-win for both. I think they could could be a bit of a disruptive factor in their overall Division One mix. Um, so I think um, having the new coach there, Brett Rayner, um, and they've got another skipper, is Beatty. Jeff Beatty. Jeff, Jeff Beatty, yep. who will be a good addition to the competition. And I think they'll be a little bit more settled. Daniel will be able to skip and he won't have the coaching to sort of worry about. Bailey Lee, what's happening with him, Mitch? I saw he was announced as a recruit from Tally, but is he playing? There no, he's still? not playing. At all? No. Okay. Well, yeah, I've spoken to him personally. Yep. What's the go there? He's having a year off. He's not playing bowls. Okay. He's like a few young guys that start off and... Would he have been in Tally's best side in your humble, Brian? Oh, I think he would have got in, yeah. As a second or a lead? Oh, he would probably lead or second. Yeah, okay. Yep, interesting. So, yeah, he, he's another one that Easter's obviously lost as well. Stacey Colley is still playing, so she's a handy third to have as well. So I think East Shepherd and will be thereabouts. Yeah, um... Just go down the ladder. I had Hilltop fifth. I think uh, Kai Abram sixth, Nanope seventh, Yarrow eighth. <clears throat> we're a bit we're a bit mixed on Park. What what was your assessment of Park? Well, Tyler, Tyler sorry. I, uh, I I do look at the side. Uh, I I look at a couple of outs from from the grand final side, and mm. I look across the ranks, and I don't see a lot of youth. I see Josh Warren skipping, but that's about it. Um, I, I just I, I hark back to. The grand final. I was there. Um, I, I didn't think for one second that golf was out of it. But the entire last half an hour, uh, until probably the last five ends, I don't think I heard a peep from Park. I heard a peep from their supporters, but I, I just, I don't know if the grunt is there. And I know we've got two Park bowlers on the table here, mm. and I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Mm. But I just think... I think other sides have gone past them. Well, the grand final was definitely one that got away. And Dave, you played in the game. Would you agree with that? Like they were dead to rights golf, and they just found a way, didn't they? It was probably on the twentieth end, and we're about eighteen shots up, and our rink dropped to five, and we were eighteen in front. And uh, there was thirteen shots, fourteen shots lost on that one, uh, four rinks, and yep. that was the telling part. That was the telling part to to only lose by ten, and then lose yeah. that that. Big uh, division in one end. Yeah, there was a number of um, other factors, uh, crucial moments as well. John Stokes hadn't had his greatest day, and then all of a sudden he trailed the jack for six. And you know, um, you can argue whether whether they should have covered or not, or paid him the respect. But he, he, he hit the big shot at the big moment, and that's what Chip Golf tends to do. Um, and like you mentioned, Dave, your um, your rink with Paul Warren was well up, and John Gribble hadn't done much all day, and they managed to cut. Ten shots, I think, in the last three ends, and obviously the David Dawes, Peter Matthews rink, and that's just what we've come to expect from Shep Golf. They just find a way in those big games and those big moments, and it's it's interesting, yeah. Like they, Shep Park should have basically, in my opinion, should have won it. They should have been the, the reigning premiers, and they've lost three and haven't really gained anyone. And you know, it's 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 interesting that everyone else has sort of managed to pick up a big fish here and there, and Park just can't land that big one to take them to that next. Next level. It was a bit well, like Geelong at halftime, the uh, AFL grand final. Yeah, Obviously, they had yeah, it on the scoreboard, yeah. but you just Richmond just have that 
um, that enigma about them, and I, I think golf has it in a different way. It's it's confidence, and yep. um, they they knew they weren't out of it, and um, it showed in the end. And they and they practice for you can tell they practice for those big moments, and they know that when they're in a game <laughs> situation, they know they've been through it lots of times before, and they um, they they seem to deliver. So hats and, off. And that's what I talked to Mitch about uh, outside there. We just can't seem to recruit young people. We've ha- always had the best facility, you know, until Shippo's built now. Yep. We've had uh, everything going and we just can't recruit. I don't know whether there's something wrong at the club or whether, you know, the, uh, the atmosphere's not right, but we just don't seem to get recruits. It's, uh, a, it's a bit like North Melbourne in the AFL. They've tried to get the big fish, but, you know, we just, just can't get one over the line to take him to that next level. And I think it'll be, you know, it, it might only take one for the dominoes to fall, but they just need that one big name to sort of change the whole complexion of the side and where they're going in the future to, to sort of um, create a bit of optimism there that they can do something big in the future, I think. So yeah, we mightn't have had the success that we've had only for getting Mark Ryan. That mm. was trapping the big fish and we wouldn't have got Mark only... Marupna wanted to drop his pay. Wanted mm. to, I didn't want to. They didn't want to pay him. Mm. Now the influx that came with Mark was unbelievable, and it ran to two premierships in a row. Yeah. Um, players like that, you just don't get along. We've we've tried to recruit Matt Robinson. We've had a go at Matt for, to coach. We've had a go. I've numerous times at Mitch Sidebottom. You know, while he's been practicing there, to come over and and. Uh, find some cash for him and that, you know, but uh, it just you just can't get anybody. You need a lot of cash for Mitch because he only deals in thousands. Well, <laughs> well, I've talked to him, I've talked to him, and um, and another s- sad thing was when they appointed Paul Nichols, we had Daniel. Daniel was going to receive a salary as assistant coach, and uh, Sheppey's got in his ear and... Uh, Alan Houston done the uh, damage, and next minute we lost him. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think that's the you know one of the reasons why I can sort of um, I'm predicting a bit of a slide this year because all these sides like Hilltop have got um, you know they've merged together, and East Shep's got a new coach and a couple of new recruits. Shep Golf's got better again. Tally's got better again, and so there comes a time where people everyone just goes past you unless you progress and unless you get new new influx of talent in to, to regenerate and and sort of um, move ahead, unfortunately. Yeah, well, why I why I put Shep Park in, uh, the four, I believe they'll win nearly every match on the carpet. I don't care who they're playing against. They're going to be very difficult, mm. like East Shepparton and Mitchell Vouch for that. Going to be hard to beat at home. Their record on that carpet is pretty good. And a lot, a lot depends on Josh Warren how he goes as a skipper in his first season. Mm. Paul had a good final series. He, Dave played for Paul Warren. He had a good year all round, and he never lost a final. So there's two strong points. Dennis Smythe, um, he's probably um, played his better bowls. Um, he's probably on. He's the t- little kind of hit downhill a little bit. He won't mind me saying that. They're probably. Um, looking for another skipper, and, and Dennis will admit that himself. And I thought Peter Matthews did a good job last year, but he's playing third for Josh. That might be a good move too. And I still feel, uh, as I say, Park with Nichols at the helm, he's gonna, they're going to be hard to beat at home, and I reckon they'll sneak into the four. Well, they've just got to, to do that. They've just got to get the likes of Ashley and a few of the others. Uh, Dennis Beck, I think he might come up. I haven't seen the sides. 
he didn't come up. Well, he's got to be given a go and Peter Cross, but Peter Cross is probably uh, away more times than he's there, so he's not reliable. Um, but they've got to give some of these younger blokes a go, you know. Uh, Ashley played in the uh, ones for the last two years on and off and uh, he's got to be given a go. What, what do you make of um, Park's new carpet, Mitch? You would have rolled there a fair bit. Do you think it'll be an advantage with a new surface or do you think clubs can practice there sort of enough to um, nullify that, those home comforts, I guess? Oh, I actually haven't had a roll on it. Yep. Um, the couple of times I've been down there, I've rolled on the grass there. Um, but I think what I notice when I go down to Shep Park is the amount of keen bowlers there, always practising. And you talk about that there's a lack of youth coming through, but the the older guys are, are that keen. They're, they're like kids champing at the bit, you know. So they're always getting their be- the best out of themselves and... And I think that's why they're always going to be super hard to beat on, on their own surface there. Yep, that's a fair point. All right, I think we'll uh, go in and we'll preview Division 1 and uh, they'll probably see us out nearly one at Tyler. Sounds good, Brian. We'll uh, have one more word from our sponsors before then. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton. Or phone 5821 Right, welcome back to the program after the Jack. And we're going to preview Division 1 first round on Saturday. Uh, we've got Shepparton Park playing Kai Abram. I think this will be a very, could be one of the matches of the day. Uh, Tyler's great Kai Abram and their lineup doesn't look too bad on paper. I see they've got Sally Beach, who's Des Campbell's partner. She's obviously, I've heard she's a very good bowler. She played up in Echuca with Melissa Roberts and all them, and uh, she's got comes with big credentials. She's playing third and over there. So in Division 1, so Greg Schilling skipping again uh, with uh, Robbie George, their seasoned players, um, plus who else have they got? Field, Glenn, Glenn Field Fields, and yep. Dane Gade. So they've got four pretty good they've got four good skippers. And look, they might be the surprise packet, but I think Shep Park, where are they playing? On the carpet, and I think they'll win fourteen four, but there won't be much in it. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I think um, Shep Park first up on the carpet, they'll be looking for a confidence booster. Um, they'll have a good week of practice on that carpet surface. Um, and I think they might catch Kybram out a little bit, but having said that, um, you know the likes of Greg Schilling, their top ends very classy. Glenn Fields, Rob George, all on their day. You know, uh, GV representatives won lots of GV events. It might just be that front end where Shep Park can maybe get a little bit of an advantage. I just want to mention uh, Ray Savile making his debut for Shepparton Park in Division One. Well deserved, oh, yeah. very reliable. Um, leader, he's been coming on well in Division Two the last couple of years, and Mark Thorne as well, leading for um, Josh Warren, who I um, I had her as my lead at the start of last year, um, and yeah, she's 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 going to be a very reliable leader in Division One for a long time as well, I think. So good luck to those two, and I think yeah, um, I agree with Brian, fourteen four Shep Park, less than fifteen shots in it, I reckon. Mitch, yep, I'm uh, pretty similar. I think. Um Quality of the two teams will, will be very similar over the course of the season, but the fact it's played on the carpet gets Shep Park over the line. Yeah, uh, 
this will be uh, this will be a good game because uh, Kai pretty strong. If you have a look at their twos, I've had a look. I've, Brian was telling me who was who was out of the and their senior players. Um, um, the carpet will be an advantage. Um, we'll lose Brian Hall, a good leader, and it's I'm sad to lose Brian. Brian's uh, has been a terrific worker at the club, not only running the pairs and that, but uh, and Ross Higgins going, but uh, Brian was is a big loss. So uh, we had four very good leaders last year, which kept us in the game, and uh, I think Shep Park. I'll go the same fourteen four. Kai Abram by single figure shots for me, fourteen uh, four as well. I, I just think I like uh, I like what Dane um, seems to have brought to the club, and uh, I think they might get off on the right foot. Very good. So it looks like Shep Park. Uh, what's that market? Four one in the first first game. Um, Tatura Hilltop, the new combination host Tally Garupna at Hilltop, and well, I'm a I'm a big fan of Tally Garupin's lineup. Obviously, uh, I don't want to put a moz on them, but I, th- I th- when you look at their team, there Rhino's not in this week. He'd be a loss, no doubt. But Joey, will um, his wrinkle take it right up to. And I think uh, I'm going to go Tally Garupin. I think they'll win sixteen two, even though it's even though it's at Hilltop. Um, yeah, I, I'm a bit the same, but don't discount um, Hilltop Tally's, uh, Hilltop Tats skippers obviously having played against the Boyds last year a fair few times in Division 2, and Johnny App would, would, would walk into most or any Division 1 side um, going or any gave me a touch-up in the Div 2 finals last year. So I think their, their top-end quality can match it with the best sides in Division 1. Um, it's just going to be where they get their leads and seconds from, um, you know, whether it's more Hilltop, more Tad, or a, or a mixture of both, and whether they can find some continuity in their rink combinations nice and early to really get some momentum building into the season. Um, but I think um, nice slick greens for you out at Hilltop, Mitch. Um, so I reckon Tally will win 16-2 with uh, Brendan Boyd's rink getting the two points if he's skipping for Hilltop Tat. Yeah, I just hope it's not my rink that you, you guys are potting there. But uh, <laughs> no, it'll be very interesting. As I said before, both both sides having so many changes. Um, quick greens, I obviously love them, so always look forward to playing. Oh, I think we're at Tad actually. I think they changed changed it, but Tad are generally running pretty good as well. So um, yeah, looking forward to it and tipping tally. I think this is um, probably where you'll find the lack of a preseason really works against um, Tat Hilltop and Tally to an extent as well. But, um, you know, merging two clubs that have for so long been uh, at each other or against each other, rivals, local rivals, uh, being able to find that mix straight away. Uh, I know I said that uh, I think they'll go very well this year, but I think it will take a couple of weeks to get get rolling. Uh, and I think Tally 16-2 as well by about 20 shots. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. I just can't understand where Rhino is. Uh Beard and all, I don't know where he'd be. Uh, he wouldn't be working. Uh, I don't know. I I wasn't there last night. I yeah. was um, watching the races, obviously. So if it had been at Hilltop, you would have enjoyed that because Murray Stark has the greens that fast that Hilltop can't bear them. You know, yeah, they tell him to slow always, it down. Always has them zinging. He's good, Murray. But uh, Tat is Tat uh, rinks uh, tank rinks are very good too. They can run at sixteen, seventeen, and and it's good. I'm uh, I'm sixteen two tally. 
Thank you, Dave. Now, the next one for consideration is Shep Golf at home to Yaroa. Yaroa's lost Billy O'Connor to... He's gone to White Hills. He was practising there the other night. I was talking to Johnny Pasternak, affectionately known as Knackers, formerly from the Gamby. He uh, had a good season, old Johnny, skipping in their top side. Don't know whether Mitch has come across him in any competitions, but um, Billy O'Connor is playing at White Hills, and he, he's a big loss, and Eric the Eel Salinger has moved up north. So they've lost two good skippers, and apparently they've got a skipper from Melbourne, according to Johnny Pearson, but I don't, I don't know any details on him. I'm picking golf 18-zip. Yeah, I think um, Yaroa obviously... We're sort of uh, in the in the bottom half of the ladder last year, losing Salinger and O'Connor will stretch their depth a fair bit. Um, if they haven't uh, recruited anyone, maybe maybe one skipper, um, I think golf will outclass them. Eighteen zip, and it'll be interesting to see how they've got some interesting um, new combinations again. Shep Golf, so they're just making little tweaks every year. It's um, it's a credit to their development, really. Like um, as Mitch said. A lot of their players that are playing in the twos have won Division One premierships, um, but they still find new players every year. Like last year, it was Reese Newby, and a couple of years before that, it was Wayne Dagger. And you know, so they're, they're constantly evolving within their premiership dynasty, which is a credit to the uh, the talent and depth that they've got at the club. Certainly is, Dave. Yeah, well, uh, I feel a bit sorry for your old because coming up against a Chip Golf side that has recruited well. Um, Sadie will have to be the uh, one that tries and carries a winning rink and uh, Sadie would probably need to pick a really good strong rink for himself to carry the the season because uh, you wouldn't want to lose four all the time over it. Uh, uh, at the end of the season you could be looking at relegation. So all the best to Sadie and Euroa, but uh, Shep Golf 18-zip. Yeah, it's been a quiet, uh, quiet off-season for Euroa and I think golf will come out uh, firing and, and ready to go, 18-0. Uh, I do like, um, I do agree with you, what you touched on there, Ash, that, uh, you know, if, if you're not moving forwards, you're going backwards, and especially when you're the, you're the hunted, yep. uh, you've always got to be doing something. And, and I like the combinations that they've um, they've come up with too, with um, Connor with Dorsey and um, Mac with Ori. Uh, I think, you know, if you, you're bringing two young fellas into the club, that's exactly the two skips you're going to throw them under. Yeah, and like I said before, I made the point that I think it will benefit Shep Golf as much as it'll benefit East. I think they are a little bit of a uh, free or loose spirit at East Shep and were left to their own devices a little bit, and that sort of disrupted the overall mix of things. Whereas at Shep Golf, they're going into a premiership team. One's playing under Ori, one's playing under Dorsey. I think they'll be on a fairly tight rein. They'll be taught to play sort of the right way, play their role, just slot in, um, no theatrics or anything like that, and I think that'll really benefit Shep Golf going forward. Yeah, Ori's a great man manager and like he'll get the best out of anyone and um, I think you're right what you said there. Uh, they'll benefit from the two Truans going there and I think they're in for a big win in round one. 18-zip? Yep. Okay, unanimous uh, there, the Shep Golf. Stanhope host East Shepparton at Stanhope. Stanhope... Um, in a surprise ousted East from the finals last year on a very on a seventeen second green at Hilltop, um, Stanhope played on the same similar pace greens, and they'll have it pretty quicker 
they're going to have a quick for Saturday's match. But I think with uh, Jeff Beatty, who um, has been given a big recommendation by Jeff Sutcliffe as a top skipper, and if he knows a bowl of Sutty, I'd say he's going to be one of the big recruits of the year. Plus the coach, according to Daniel Nichols, bowled exceptionally well in the practice match. Um, Brett Riders and Daniel Nichols. I reckon he's going to have another. He's going to have his best year skipping in Division One. I, I reckon East Shep will win this sixteen two, despite the seventeen second green. Yeah, I think this this has the potential to be a really close one as well. Mitch might be able to talk a little bit to the practice game because um, from your all reports, East probably just got their nose ahead overall last week. Where where was the game played? Yep, so it was at East Shep. Um, undercover there, and uh, they yeah they come out and they jumped us at the start and got off to a oh, it was probably eight to ten shots for the whole game and yep. um, I know our rink took a while to to pick it up um, once we got going we sort of fought back a bit at the end but yeah they were pretty impressive on their home deck yeah um, yep so I'm I'm tipping them to win fourteen four against Stanhope. See, and that's the advantage of carpet, Mitch. You know, you're going onto a slow carpet when you're playing in a practice match, different on a quick green. It is, Dave. Um, it's a different sort of game because on those narrowish carpets, you can find yourself only having to run into bowls because the, whereas on a 17-second green at Stanhope, you can always draw the shot around something. Yep. And um, I think... I think that'll be the advantage for, for Stanhope. Whereas, as I said before, Eastern Park play their own greens brilliantly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm tipping Stanhope in a in a close one. Well, I I would tip Stanhope, but I just thought that East has recruited well, but then I've lost. you've lost uh, Franz in, you've lost the two Truons, you've lost Scotty uh, Adams. Um, yeah. Is, is Franzi pretty dead set on not playing, or could he... Well, uh, he, he said that he, he he's going to have 12 months. He's told Dennis he was re- retired. He's retired. He's finished. And what, don't ask me again, Dennis, he said. What if they're in the top four mix at Christmas? Do you reckon they might twist his arm? I'd say they'd twist his arm. Who wouldn't twist uh, Franzi's arms? You know, he's got, he's full of confidence. He doesn't take any time on the mat. He's, he just delivers and... He's you, a good bowler. You don't reckon maybe he sort of wants wants to feel wanted in a sense. He does wants him to say, "Oh, we need you, we need you." I think I think that might be a bit too. You know, uh, he's done a bit of coaching there before Daniel, and mm. since Daniel's taken over, um, he's probably felt a bit in the cold. You know, yeah, he's the one that brought uh, Scotty there from Campbell Soups, and he's brought players there from Campbell Soups, and yep. um, he might feel a little bit out in the cold, and maybe he'll teach him a lesson that. Uh, You'll miss me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if they can convince him, I think he, that makes him a definite top four he'd, side. He'd jump back, I'd, I'm sure, you know, because bowls is in his blood, you know. Mm, yep. What else is he going to do on weekends? Yeah. I think uh, I think Stan Herb's got plenty to prove this year. They, um, they, they've got to prove that, that the end of last season wasn't just a flash in a pan and there was obviously lots of murmurings and lots of rumours towards the end of the season about what might or, or might not happen or what might or might not come to them during the off-season. And it hasn't eventuated. They've picked up Dave Townsend from Hay and uh, Austin Maxwell's pushed up a bit. And I see Benny Fletcher's uh, named as three. I I like that move. But I think they've got uh, a fair bit to prove. And I think they'll come out and beat East this week, Uh, especially on on that that green at Stanhope. It'll be be running very slick and um, they will have practised as much as they've been able to on it. And I think I I like Stanhope. Uh, I think 
they won't be playing finals this year, but I think come next year they'll be um, a very, very tough team to beat. Well, you, you mentioned Ben Fletcher and um, Brad Robinson last year had a really good year of skip. I think he's another one on the rise. So they are starting to sort of just get a few up-and-comers to to sort of give them a bit of um, optimism for the future. And certainly making finals last year was a good step on, on in that direction. So if they can keep, take another step forward, I think they might be on the rise in the next few years. And then hopefully, again, if they, other players can see that, at that that's your carrot to go out there and, and try and help them get better. Obviously, if I was if I was framing futures markets, I, I'd certainly have Stanhope shorter to win a premiership in the next three seasons than Shep Park. Put it that way. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Fair comment. <laughs> that's it for the games, is it? Yep. That's it for the games. It's back to Tyler. Thanks very much, boys, for joining us on. The first episode of After the Jack, it uh, certainly won't be a flash in the pan. We'll be back next week and uh, really appreciate your time, Mitch and Ash, Dave and Brian uh, and everyone for listening in and you can uh, hear us all again next week. Thanks. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton or phone 5821-1556. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.